now, baby. What on earth is happening? <laughs> Corey, I'm trying different shit. Okay, all right. Sorry. Why you interrupt me with this? I'm, this is a podcast. My name is Rango Morgan. Would you listen to it still? No. No, I wouldn't. You don't listen to it now, though. Well, that's true. I wonder if Kathleen would. Kathleen, would you still listen to it? That's Corey's wife, by the way. Yeah. It is a podcast. This is side talks. We talk about movies. That's Corey Craft. I'm Rachel Morgan. I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> let's just do, let's just do whatever's oh, about to happen. Yeah, let's clear this. All right. And now a look at what we're watching this week. Man, I hope people are still listening after uh, that very annoying intro. <laughs> but you said you like Madeline Kahn, so I thought I'd go with oh something. Oh, my God. Okay. See what I did there? Not a controversial statement. There? Not a controversial statement. Uh, but anyway, what are you watching? What well, are you watching? I've been watching a ton of stuff. Um, I'm not going to talk about all of it, but I've been trying to catch up with at the end of this year with right. some of the bigger titles. So recently I've seen like Jane Campion's The Power of the Dog, which is a yeah. masterpiece. Yeah, uh, I saw um, Mike Mills' Come On, Come On, which I enjoyed i thought it was really sweet and cute i saw paul didn't verhoeven's love it, didn't, love did, it. didn't love it didn't love it but it's really good uh saw paul verhoeven's benedetta which i thought was also really good really strong um but the movie i want to talk about is a movie that i watched on shutter uh the horror movie streaming service called silent night deadly night part two Oh boy. The um slasher sequel from I think 1984 yeah. maybe um that is about Oh, let's say conservatively 40% recycled flashbacks from the first movie. Oh, man. Uh, and then 60% new material that follows another um, deranged uh, serial killer who dresses up like Santa Claus uh, and takes out people at random. Um, what now, a bastard. Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 is perhaps best known for a bit of an internet meme, um, which is, uh, you know, this guy is putting his garbage can on his curb, and this other guy walks up and says, Garbage Day! And pulls out a gun and shoots this dude to death. Yeah. And the line delivery is just hilarious. Well, the actor in question, I believe his name is Eric Freeman. Um, and that line delivery is one of many amazing, hilarious line deliveries throughout this entire film. Just some really classic stuff. He plays a character named Ricky. He's the younger brother of the serial murderer oh, from I the first it. movie. I he himself it. has also gone crazy. Um, so he kills a psychiatrist and goes on a murder spree in the second half of the film because the first half of the film is mostly, again, flashbacks from the first yeah. film. Now, um, Wikipedia tells me of this movie that the producers originally originally wanted this sequel to just be a re-edited version of the first movie that they could That's release as a sequel that is part and parcel of, of a lot of these cheapo 80 slashers. Um, but fortunately, they, they captured some new footage with, uh, with Ricky going on a killing spree um, and just, you know, being honestly kind of delightful um it's a good time is what i'm saying i had a really great time watching it and uh, all these serious oscar contending movies here at the end Screw of the year them. you know they're fun and all they're they're interesting they're enjoyable but silent night deadly night part two might top them in well, terms of just being more fun the movies enjoyable yeah, yeah. nice great time well uh, i've heard part three is real real bad mm. have you seen part three 
I haven't, but our our friend Kyle McKinnon uh, was telling me the other yeah. day that part five is particularly good too. Okay, because it stars Mickey Rooney as oh, uh, a deranged right. toy right. maker who has like a robot companion or something. Oh man! So, okay, and I, I think he said this was like the Halloween three of the series. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, so that should be interesting. Part three, I think, once again, follows the adventures of, of Ricky, the misadventures, I should say. But I, I looked it up, and part three is actually directed by Monty Hellman, the director of Tulane Blacktop. Oh, wow. <laughs> How the Mighty Fell. Oh, boy. Um, but it anyway, happens. It happens. It does. I mean, I mean look no, at Orson Welles. Yeah, Whoa. no kidding. Well, I have been watching a couple of things as well. I've been to the I've been to the movies, to the cinema too. Uh, a little bit behind you on this, but I've seen Spencer. Yeah, yeah. We we talked about it briefly, not on mic, but I'm yeah, curious to I, hear your thoughts on it. I love it as you predicted. I love yeah. it way more than you did. Yeah. I think it's a really wonderful film. It it took me a minute. I would say the first 45 minutes of this, I couldn't get there with her. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get in the headspace. And, and as we've as we've talked about, part of what I love about this film, uh, confirmed, is that it takes place over the course of just one weekend. Yeah. So I think it succeeds where House of uh, where uh, where House of Gucci fails, right? Right. And that is that um, it. I feel like looking at the psychology of any of the people in that film or the dynamics between any of the people in that film, House of Gucci, would be a really really interesting. I don't know that you have to set it over a weekend, but I do think a more microscopic look at what's going on there would, instead of a, a, this holistic trying to really, you know, tell us this, this right. the, what the inciting, the inciting incident in that film really is, is their meet cute, right? Right. And, and then s- like 20 years later, yeah, she hasn't exactly. killed, spoiler alert. Exactly. So that, to me, that span of time doesn't, doesn't bode well for the film. Whereas right. where Spencer is able to, I think really succeed is in its containment of time. Mm-hmm. And so it did take me a while because I, I, I think what, what is brought to this from, from the performance and from the direction and from the writing here is a real understanding of princess Diana's mindset in that moment and that weekend. And I don't have that. I don't have that context. Um, not that, I mean, we're all familiar with princess Di, but I don't have a whole lot of backstory on, on, her life or, or the, the, you know, the, that where, where she was in the relationship at that point in time. Right. And so I'm just not there with the, with the meltdown. I'm not. And, and I can't really, the film doesn't get me there, but that said, I wanted to, and I enjoyed what I, I enjoyed, maybe it's the wrong word, but I, I was on board for what I was watching. And I did like being in those moments, for example, when she's driving the Porsche goes into the, walks into a random cafe, almost fantastical moments that are presented on screen. I loved being in those moments and imagining that those things could have perhaps happened, even Mm -hmm. though I think that they're probably not completely accurate here. Uh, But, uh, but once we get to, and so I was, uh, in other words, I was on board for, for for the first 45 minutes and probably in a very similar, similarly in agreement with you of this is a good film. I like it. But when it got to the point where she, and this isn't spoiling anything when I tell you this, when, when she gets to the point where she runs out onto the field mm-hmm. and she's sort of waving down the, and during this hunting scene. Yeah. I was real. That's where the, the 20 minutes that preceded that kind of hit for me, just kind of hit mm-hmm. in a really emotional way. And then from there on, I was just fully on board and it, it really fell in love with this thing. Yeah, you know, I, it's funny that you bring up that cafe moment because that cafe moment has uh, 
a, a thing that's kind of emblematic of my larger problem with this movie. Yeah. She walks in and she says uh, something along the lines of, can somebody help me? I'm lost. Yeah. And that to me is just emblematic, representative of this screenplay yeah. going out of its way to underline every single theme for the audience so that you don't miss anything. Yeah. It's a little overdetermined. I understand that. I can I'm not gonna throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. Those kind of that that's not why I like that scene, right? That's the I skip that. Sure. I do think that for the I think some people could enjoy those moments, even though you're right, they're so on the surface and it's a, a little irritating. But I, I, what I like about that scene, I, I, in other words, that scene doesn't exist for the purpose of that line. I think part of the reason that scene exists is to put you into that surreal world of just what it must be like for a person to have had to totally take their life from here forward yeah. and put it into a completely different place and to never be able to enjoy – a, this, a sort of simple pleasure. That's ever true. Ever again. And, and Pablo Lorraine, the director who previously directed Emma, Sidewalk Selection, two years in a row. Yeah. Uh, great film. And, uh, and Jackie, more to the point, you know, an examination of a similar tragic public figure. Um, he does a really good job of putting you in that headspace, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a very experiential film, a very tactile film in a lot of ways. Um, I just wish that the screenplay weren't so darn obvious. You know what I mean? No, the, the, I hear that. The direction that. just kind of outclasses the material is written. I, I agree with that, but I do think that there. I do think that ultimately it redeems itself. Yeah, I think it kind of swings back around. I think that okay. those moments can be ignored and overlooked. I don't think you have to embrace them, and I do think that uh, while I, re- I think it's a testament to the fact that I rarely get on board with feeling like I want to be in these fantastical spaces with people, and that's what this is a lot of. A yeah. lot of this is this imagining of what you know the. For example, the young woman who dresses her right, uh, and and what their relationship might have been. There's no a- factual accuracy here. Right. That's not the point. The point is Diana consistently trying to make connections in, in her life in a position in which you're just not allowed to make human connection. You're not. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Is it, this um is this your favorite Kristen Stewart performance now? No. Personal Chopper is still my favorite, yeah. but there are these moments. I also like when she follows the Queen Mother out mm-hmm. and mentions that she liked her dress in the interview. Yeah, there's these little tiny moments in this film that I I, I wish it, I I maybe I'm agreeing with you, but I wish it focused more on the tiny moments mm-hmm. and a little less on the the you know trying to make some kind of connection between you know the the. Or, or, or sort of hyper-textualizing some things that sure. we don't really need. Sure. So anyway, that's my take on Spencer. I really liked it. I liked it a lot more than you, even though I think you're, you're accepting no, this. I really, you're I really like this it. Film. I do really like it. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it again on Blu-ray or whatever uh, when it when it's available for home home viewing. Um, it's also gorgeous to look at. It's beautiful. It's shot by the same cinematographer who shot Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So... I know. really, I just, I thought this was a treat. I yeah. really did. I, I, I really embraced it at the, in the end. And the Mike and the Mechanic scene, it's just such a silly song that I loved. Uh-huh. I loved in that context. Yeah. Uh, and I like that it felt really earnest. Yeah, we're just going to go, you know, take the kids to KFC. It's, um, it's, the, it's pretty come fun. Come on, it's amazing. And so, anyway, I like Spencer a lot. I highly recommend it. Um, and then I will talk just very briefly about Sex in the City and Just Like That which I did also watch at uh-huh. the cinema in the lobby. And if, you, if you've if you tried to avoid the spoiler, it's you, you probably haven't been successful. So I, I liked this a lot. And the, the shocking death? 
I don't think I like the shocking death so much. I like the I like the reboot as a whole. Really, and I, I'm going against critical take right now. Yeah, it's it's gotten I'm, kind of a mixed reception as far as I've yeah, seen. Yeah, and I think I'm hearing a I'm hearing people tell me that you know it's a lot, a lot of negative lean, and everybody I've spoken with has kind of has been a little pissed off that they killed Big off. Mm. But I think that this series. And I know you're not a a watcher of the series. Yeah, I'm I'm agnostic. Let's but say I can tell you that I think where the series is at its best, and and for a series that spanned as many years as it, as it did, it's going to have highs and it's going to have lows. Even y'all, Sopranos had highs and lows. There's not a single episodic that was at you know that just lived at the top, always and forever in its entire existence. Even Seinfeld had its you know had its duddier episodes. I'll mm-hmm, put it that way. Mm-hmm. And so this one has highs and lows, and I think one of its highs was when the character Samantha's mother died. Mm-hmm. And she goes to the funeral, and everything about that episode, and that would have been in season, that would have been well into, you know, into the series. And in that episode, she goes to the funeral, and I do think that, that is, that's one of the moments where, where the series sort of found itself. Mm-hmm. And it was a real focus on friendship, and it really was, a, was an interesting look at grief that felt – more real than, especially at the time, than I had had seen before in episodic work. And I think that this does, this has a very similar thing happening. I think that they, I think in addition to not being able to get Chris, was it Chris? Chris Noth. Noth to, to continue on in the series. I think that they needed to do something that would also highlight some of its better moments mm-hmm. and lo- looking back at the series and going, where were some of our high points? Let's, let's revisit that again. Uh, in addition to that, I think it's something that brings the, the central theme of friendship to light as well. So, and also clears the way for Carrie being single again. I mean, these are all things. So it is that, you know, when people cried in their hands because Seinfeld was over, just to give another example of episodic, it was time for Seinfeld to be over. Right. That's, you didn't, you don't really want that to go on for another season. Everybody who works on that, that show is telling you it's done. Trust them, you know? And I have a bit of a take on this as well. It's like, let's trust the writers a little bit. You're upset because, it, because an iconic character from the series has, has been snubbed out. Okay. What's next? People yeah. do die. That does happen. And by the way, this is not somebody who's in their 20s. This is somebody who's in his 60s. So it, it, I, I don't know. I feel, like it's, it's a, it, I feel like it's a little grounded in reality and to a certain degree for that show. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like it, it is revisiting its, its best moments and clearing the way for some narrative possibility. So, you know, get over it. Well, Yeah. That's All my right. take. I thought it was fairly well written. There's also I, – I encourage you to watch it, you know, because there's also a great scene in the subway where a little Chucky, a little person dressed up like Chucky, attacks a character. <laughs> and that scene, I couldn't – I was dying laughing. I haven't laughed that hard at episodic television in a long time. So uh, highly recommended for those reasons. All right. So, yeah, Spencer, Sex and the City, and then I've also seen A Christmas Wedding Tale, which is a Hallmark film with dogs that have interior thought, and uh, Kelly from Beverly Hills 90210, and it's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Well, now, hold on a minute. <laughs> this might be the thing that you've just talked about that I actually go watch. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is a, a couple in some California town, 
And, and they have dogs. Oh, and, the dogs, and also... You can hear the dogs' thoughts. Yes, they can't hear them, but of we course. as an audience have that great privilege, and they do the peanut butter mouth. It's, it's a look who's talking now situation. Yeah, they do the peanut butter. It's almost exactly that. They actually just took look who's talking and just applied it to dogs. Amazing. And it also stars... Uh, what's Roseanne? Oh, Tom Arnold. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm definitely Tom Arnold is, is like a loud mouth, like, on the phone guy. It, it's absolutely terrible and it also has an incredibly offensive montage where they're they meet and almost immediately get engaged and then um, and then directly after that begin and of course when what day are they going to get married do you think christmas christmas day hey so they immediately begin interviewing wedding planners and the montage is incredibly and this film is not that old it is incredibly offensive okay it is every stereotype that you can possibly think of just one in a row there's the gay guy there's the black woman. And it's just like, I'm like, I can't even believe. Is the gay guy extremely is... fabulous? Yes. Okay. Shocker. Nice. Shocker. It is so bad. It is so bad. And it'll just randomly cut to an extreme close up. That happens a lot. The cinematography is the pits. It reminds me a little bit. Uh, it's the equivalent of this. When I would fly, when I was working in advertising and I would fly from Savannah to Atlanta, mm -hmm. that's about a. That's about a like a like you're in the air for seven minutes, right? Like you're you're take off for a few minutes, landing is a few minutes, but you're in the air for about seven minutes, and so it was clearly a, a flight that they would test that mm -hmm. they would have uh, they would have a you know a young pilot flying the plane. That's what I feel like is happening with the <laughs> with the camera operator, cinematographer, and director in this. It's the Savannah to Atlanta flight on like JetBlue. Amazing. <laughs> anyway, that's what I've been watching. All right. <laughs> A Christmas wedding tale. Oh, guess how tale is spelled? T A L E. Uh uh. Oh, it's the uh, other one. Get it? It's a homonym. Thank you for listening to Side Talks Podcast. We're your own personal cinematic. I think we've done this one before, so but I don't care. Prince Charles and Prince Andrew. Oh, yeah, we've done that one before Have because we? I, I kind of winced last time. Oh, too. yeah, like, you winced eh. this time. What other predators? Can, who else can think of a predator? Let's throw that out. Uh, it's uh, the, the predator from the movie Predator. <laughs> and we're your own personal cinematic Woody <laughs> Allen and Roman Polanski. We've done that one before, too. Have we? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Man, why are the predators always making my list? Uh, oh, oh, God, yeah. Who could say? Oh boy. Well, um, what do we do here now? I'm thrown off by the the predator situation. We're your, we're your own personal cinematic LED light and C9 bulb. You're just looking at things in this room right now. <laughs> uh, all right, let's 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 Girl, wrap bye. This up. Yeah. Well, uh, so thanks to uh, Boutwell Studios for producing and sponsoring this show. Thanks to our sponsor, Revelator Coffee. Yum. For not only sponsoring us, but making delicious coffee that I drink all the time. Uh, what else do we say here? Thank you for listening. Sidewalkfest.com, at Sidewalk Film on social media. Come see a movie at the Sidewalk Cinema. Um, and maybe it'll be, a, what? what's the name of that Hallmark movie? A Christmas Tale? A, a Christmas Tale. A Christmas Tale. No, a Christmas Wedding Tale. A Christmas Wedding Tale. Okay. Um, well, that, was, that played at Bad Movie Night. We do that every once in a while. Come see bad movies with us if you if you want to. Yeah, I like it. All right, bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise. <laughs>